You're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, it's me, Colin, joined on the show by DJ. Yeah, it's obviously heating up in the playoffs now. These are into the divisional round and both our teams in action this weekend after bye weeks last week. So very exciting way to acquire one last week with uh, just watching the other teams in action. But I'm sure you're, you're very excited about this one. Yeah, Colin, I'm really looking forward to the weekend and watching all of the games, in particular the Patriots kicking off the weekend on Saturday at around 9.30 Irish and UK time. Yeah, 9.35, he's that game kicking off it, and obviously you mentioned that you're looking forward to watching all the games this weekend, well, I have a prediction for you, if the Patriots don't win on Saturday evening, I don't think uh, you'll be watching too much football on Sunday, I think you'll be you'll be a bit under the weather after that one, but hopefully, uh, as you'll predict, I'm sure later on in the show, the Patriots will get a win in that one, but they have a tough one against the Baltimore Ravens. On today's show, we have two special guests, we'll be joined by Stephen O'Brien from Packers UK group and now we're going to talk the Packers game with him. We're also going to be joined by DJ's good buddy Russ Goldman from Patriots 4th and 2 and he's going to talk us through that Patriots Baltimore Ravens game and I talked with him already about that uh, going behind the curtain there DJ but some great insight uh, from Russ uh, in particular in a, a number of ways that he thinks this game could be won and lost. The same with Stephen. Some great key points taken up. We argued both sides of the ball. We I kind of took the UK Packers fan group side of it and uh, give a little bit of a perspective to it so I'm looking forward to sharing that with you both DJ and the audience in just a little moment obviously starting the show DJ we go to last word on sport they are our partners here at Overtime Ireland they're doing a good job each and every week spreading the word of Overtime Ireland our numbers are going up every week the following numbers are going up every week so keep spreading the word keep downloading downloading multiple devices do what you can do to keep spreading the word off Overtime Ireland their website is lastwordonsport.com their twitter handle is at lastwordonsport do give them a look uh, I'm sure you've heard me send it each and every week uh, twice a week for the whole season be sure and check them out give them a look if you haven't already check out our twitter handle dj it is at overtime ireland nearly don't at last word on sport again but at overtime ireland our website is overtimeireland.com do keep listening to the show keep retweeting and doing us what you have been doing thanks as always for your continued support dj um, i mentioned we're going to get russ goldman on the show to start off we have him then later on we're going to have Stephen o'brien coming up and then we'll be breaking down those last two playoff games uh, later on in the show ourselves so let's go straight into it let's get russ goldman on and let's start breaking down some of this playoff action want to know who's going to win every nfl game this weekend it's time for the oti weekend preview Joining me back on the podcast again, it's uh, Russ Goldman. DJ loves talking to Russ here on the show, but I thought uh, rather than have a complete uh, Patriots love fest, we would <laughs> try and get it a little bit more balanced. Russ gives a great balanced opinion on the games, always, I find, with the, with the New England Patriots, while DJ usually just likes to give uh, abuse to the opposition that they're facing. So thanks again, Russ, as always, for coming on to the show. Thanks for having me back, and I'll, I'll be as even-keeled as I can. Yeah, well, I'm sure all the listeners, and I'm sure after I finish up with you, I'll be asking DJ for his opinion on this game, and I'm sure uh, he'll definitely be going with the Patriots victory. But we get both sides of the, the spectrum from you. Obviously, the Patriots are playing the Ravens. The, the Steelers uh, were dispatched by the Ravens this week, and a lot of t- people thought that the Ravens would have lost that game. They went on, they won it. And, you know, for a few weeks there before, they didn't look all that impressive. I was kind of pushing the Ravens bandwagon maybe six or eight weeks ago, but since that then, Joe Flacco and co. have been struggling to get points, but they had no struggles against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But, you know, we'll look at the Steelers' secondary, not not as effective as having Darrell Revis and 
uh, company doing you know what they've been doing all season long but just we'll, we'll pick out the key aspects of this game what do you think are some of the keys to the Patriots versus the Ravens well the main key here that everyone's talking about is the Patriots offensive line versus the Ravens defensive line and uh and the Patriots offensive line has had its ups and downs. It started with uh, with really bad downs. We're talking about four or five games that was very difficult to watch with uh, Tom Brady at quarterback because his offensive line just couldn't get it together. Then they settled on, on five offensive linemen, really, you know, uh, really settled down fairly well and, and had a good good time for, I want to say, a good seven or eight games. And then, of course, it, you know, again, one gets injured and, and basically – it really has affected the offensive line the last four games. So, so again, we've had our ups and downs with the offensive line, and that's that's the biggest concern for the Patriots going into this game. Can they protect Tom Brady? And if they can protect Tom Brady, I think they win this game. But but that, to me, is the matchup. You know, again, it's going to be Suggs and Dumervelle versus Solder and Volmer. Who wins it? And that, that that could determine who actually wins the game. Yeah, you mentioned there, obviously, Suggs and Dumervilles had a superb season this year, uh, you know, many, many sacks. And you look then at they got Haloti Nata back for the first game and the, when they came back from the playoffs, he obviously had that suspension for the PED issue. But, you know, he, he looked good in his first game back. Joe Flacco is the quarterback here, obviously, for the Ravens. You know, he made a bit of toast against the against the Steelers, but with a, with a much stronger secondary in this and, and most people's opinions. But Flacco plays in the Super Bowl, or in the playoffs. He has kind of no conscience. He, he keeps throwing the ball downfield no matter what. He, he showed great poise in that game against the, the Steelers. Would that be something you're worried about? Obviously, they have uh, Torrey Smith's a bit of a burner on the outside, but how do you think they're going to match up uh, defensively, trying to, to pick up some of the offensive weapons off the Steelers? Well, it's listen. It's very interesting to see how the Patriots play this. You know, who's who is uh, Darrell Rivas going to cover? Is he going to cover Steve Smith? That's what I would do. I would try to take away Steve Smith. Right. And uh, you know, again, then then who does Brandon Browner cover? Again, the, there's been some talk that that maybe he'll handle Owen Daniels, the tight end. And then and then maybe you're you're in nickel coverage and you have someone like Logan Ryan cover Torrey Smith, which again could be a little bit dangerous. But but what the Patriots do have is a very good free safety in Devin McCourty, who, who could be a big help in this game as well. But um, but the matchups here, how the Patriots handle handle that, that offense will be interesting. And the one interesting thing about Flacco is Flacco has no fear of facing the Patriots. Yeah. And, you know, he, he comes in with, with no conscience. He, he can, you know, again, you can't read this guy. He doesn't get too up. He doesn't get too down. I think that really helps him in the playoffs, and I think that's why he thrives. He's not emotional on the field. He just does his job. And, uh, you know, again, he raises his game in the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see uh, Joe Flacco again. I've seen the good and the bad of him at, at Gillette Stadium. But, but again, in the playoffs, he, he's a different guy. So, so uh, I'm a little, you know, again, I'm not going I'm, I'm to pretend here. I, I'm a little nervous about this game. Yeah, and he continues his streak, obviously. I talked about it on the podcast at the start of the week with DJ. Every time they've made the playoffs since he came into the league, he's won at least one playoff game, and the majority of them have been on the road, so they're very successful in the playoffs on the road, so this is another big test for them. Another key issue I'll be looking at here, I mentioned you know, he was getting time against the Steelers. There wasn't as good a great pass rush from the Steelers. The Patriots' pass rush at times this season has been a, a little bit up and down, but Ayers has come in you know, from the Titans. He's got a, quite a few sacks. He's you know, some different blitz schemes that they're running. But do you think they'll be able to get pressure onto Flacco? I think that'll be a key. I know the, second, the back end, we always talk about the back end of the Patriots' defense being strong, but you know, any quarterback gets time. Sometimes the, the, the coverage is going to break down at some stage. Do you think they'll be able to get a rush on him? Well, here's the thing. Uh, I think it matters on who 
the quarterback is, what type of quarterback it is. And with Joe Flacco, I think he's the type of quarterback that they will get pressure on. The reason why I said what type of quarterback, if they face a, a, a running quarterback, a mobile quarterback, say like a Russell Wilson, the Patriots will play more vanilla, or, or I would say they, they, they'd be more concerned about staying in their lanes than, than getting after the quarterback. They, they will be more conservative. Against a quarterback like Roethlisberger or someone like like Joe Flacco, I think you're going to see some more blitzing, some some double A gap blitzing from from players like like uh, you know again like Akeem Ayers. You might see come up the middle. Dante Hightower might come up the middle along with Jamie Collins. That's where the Patriots have been blitzing a great deal and having some good luck of timing that blitz. So I think th- I think they're actually go- going to be getting after Joe Flacco more than in years past because they have the players to do it and. And in years past, they've been more conservative. But with Revis, it now allows them to be more aggressive, to dial up pressure. Because, again, I don't think they can just do it going after them with four players. I think that they have to scheme it up a little bit. Like I said, do some do some zone blitzing and, and really disguise their coverages. And I think they're going to confuse Flacco a little bit with with the different packages that they bring. And I know you're a diehard Patriots supporter, but... How does Bill Belichick and uh, you know the the people recruiting players there keep doing it? I mentioned their heirs. You mentioned or I mentioned uh, Blunt. He's, he's coming from Pittsburgh where he was cut. How do they keep year after year to get in these players that you know nobody seems to want? The Titans didn't seem to want heirs, and they make huge uh, impacts in big big games. This year, it's actually been exceptional. Like like you talked about Akeem Ayers, you know, you know, no one really knew what to expect. I I remember when when his draft came up, and and uh, there had been talk that the people. Patriots were interested then in Akeem Ayers, and I think, I think they always had an eye on him. That's why when he became available, I thought maybe, just maybe, this guy could, could, could offer them something. I think he's offered them more than even I thought. And, you know, and I'll, I'll throw in another player that's actually helped out a great deal is Jonathan Casillas, yeah. who they basically got off the scrap heap in Tampa Bay, and he, you know, he, he's just been another piece to the puzzle to bring in as, as an undersized linebacker and also someone on special teams that, that's been a difference maker. And that's also a, a difference this season from, from years past is that the Patriots' defense is, it might not be at the championship level it was back in, in the early 2000s, but, but it really is a, uh, is a unit that can now win games. Whereas in years past, we're talking the last five or six years, they haven't been able to win games on defense. I think they can do that now. But but another factor is the special teams is playing at such an elite level right now. It's not that they can win the games on their own, but they can be a difference in games. And, uh, you know, if the Patriots offense can can be complementary, it's very strange for me to say this, to the Patriots defense and the special teams, they can go far. Another thing that's coming up here, I just thought of as I was uh, looking through some notes, uh, this year will be the first playoff game you've had in three years where Rob Gronkowski's been healthy, so I'm sure he'll yes. be a key point of attack. But we've gone through it from both sides now, uh, picking through the games. I'm sure you're going to go with the Patriots win at home, but there'll be a lot of people out there thinking that the, the Ravens with their road record could pull off an upset here. So I'm sure uh, you're picking the, the Patriots for a victory in this one, are you? I am going to pick the Patriots in a victory, but I think it's going to be close. And I'm going to predict a very low-scoring game. I'll say 21-17 Patriots. Yeah, and as we record, it's uh, going to be very cold, I believe, in Foxborough as well. So probably we'll see a lot of the, the, the ball being run quite a bit. You know what? I think you will. And uh, actually, I was, I, I was talking to my Patriots 4th and 2 co-host who, who wrote a very interesting article about this game. And, and he brought up a name of a player to watch in this game. And I think he's right about this. And it is LeGarrette Blount. 
Um, LeGarrette Blount is actually someone last year that ran very well against the Baltimore Ravens for the Patriots when when the Patriots beat them last year. And and he could be key because, again, if if the Patriots can get the running game going against a very stout defense, it's going to open up everything for the Patriots. And I, th- I think Blount, especially in the second half, could be vital because if he can actually get to that second level against the Ravens' defense that's going to be selling out to stop Tom Brady – you might see a long run from Lugard Blunt. He, he could be a difference maker in this game. Yeah, there's something about him as well. He's so big that people don't respect his speed sometimes and he can break off those big runs. It reminds me that he had a huge game last year against the Colts in the playoffs. So he likes to, in cold weather in particular, nobody wants to stop the big man when he's running. So I think uh, that's another thing we could see. But uh, it's going to be a very, very interesting game. You've gone for a Patriots win, so we'll move on now to the, the championship round. We'll do a little bit of a prediction here. Who do you think they'll face in that game? And then who do you uh, expect to make it to the Super Bowl? I personally think that they're going to face the Denver Broncos. I, th- I think yeah. the Broncos just have a little bit too much for uh, the Indianapolis Colts. That defense is, is pretty bad by the Colts. So I can't see them coming out of Denver with a win. And um, then I look forward to, because if there is an AFC championship game, my friend, I will be there. And I, I see <laughs> I possibly, possibly the last time I, w- I would ever see uh, Brady Manning. I've seen Brady Manning so many times, and, and I want to see it one more time. That's my dream. My dream is to see another Brady Manning, and uh, especially in an AFC Championship game. That's what I want to see, and I do like the Patriots' chances if, if Denver comes back here. Yeah, with all the games going on this weekend, there are so many different possibilities for the championship round, and there's so many fascinating matches coming up. It's really hard not to be excited, even for the, the neutral perspective. But, you know, you mentioned there, then we have the Broncos and the Patriots. I'm sure you're going to, if you're at the game, you're going to be hoping for a Patriots win. So the Patriots go to the Super Bowl, in the opinion of Ross Goldman, I'm sure in DJ's opinion as well. But uh, hopefully uh, the Packers will be able to, to match up opposite. That, I think that'd be a fun podcast to do, Super Bowl preview week. We'll have to get you back on for that one, if that is the case. But uh, as always, Ross, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Just as you're on, uh, do you want to give your Twitter and, of course, the, the Patriots 4th and 2 Twitter a plug while you're on? Sure. Absolutely. It's Russ underscore Goldman. You can follow me there. And also Patriots fourth and two with the numbers fourth and two. You can you can follow the Twitter account there and also feel free to listen to the show on uh, blogtalkradio.com. It's also on the TuneIn app as well. Yeah, and DJ, of course, is a big fan of that. I like to listen in from time to time with him as well. So I must listen for any Patriots fan. You'll get all your Patriots info there. And Russ is great for any inside information there on Twitter as well. So thanks as always, Russ. Uh, Good luck this weekend to the New England Patriots. And uh, we'll see uh, if we can get you on for the Super Bowl again. Well, thanks. And best of luck to you and your Packers. Hi, this is former NFL offensive lineman Ross Tucker, the host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and you are listening to the Overtime Island Podcast. So that was Ross Goldman back on the show. He always takes a, a lot of informative information about the New England Patriots. He had some good information there as well on the Baltimore Ravens. Enjoyed talking with him. DJ, you're the man who usually gets to talk with Ross, but... Uh, Many of the opinions there that he filled us in on and he had led to the conclusion that he believes that the New England Patriots will get a victory this weekend. Uh, how do you see this one going yourself? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the game. I think it's going to be a close contest and like the Patriots should just have enough to do it, but they're really going to have to stop Joe Flacco and stop the Ravens offense from functioning as it can yeah it's a, it's a fascinating matchup we talked about it there with Russ we were talking about you know the secondary the Patriots is obviously a strong point of theirs while the strong point of the the Ravens is going with that deep ball to Tory Smith I think he he also talked about putting Darrell Revis on 
Steve Smith Sr. and trying to take him out of the game. So there's a couple of key areas. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens haven't been rushing the ball great as of late, but I'm sure that's something they'll try and get going in this one as well. The Patriots as well, DJ, I'm sure they're going to be trying to stop the pressure getting to Tom Brady the way Terrell Suggs and Doomerville and all were playing at the weekend and have been over the last few weeks getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So that was another key area that he did bring up uh, while I was talking to him there. But I think we'll we'll see a, a Patriots win. But there's a question I'm going to do at the end after we go through all these games, DJ, and see which team could upset the, the home team favourites. All the home teams are favourites this weekend. And, uh, you know, this is one that the, the Baltimore Ravens could throw a spanner in the works. But I suppose, uh, like any given Sunday, anything can happen in all these games. We're going to go in now, DJ, and uh, I talked with Stephen O'Brien, a good friend of ours here at Overtime Ireland, a fellow Irishman. He's part of the Packers UK fan group. We talked about it. We talked about the game coming up this weekend and uh, much, much more. So let's get Stephen on the show now and uh, let's get through this Packers-Cowboys playoff game. Hey, this is Scott Fujita, former NFL linebacker and Super Bowl champion, and you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Joining me on the show now is Stephen O'Brien. Uh, some of you guys on Twitter and, of course, the UK Packers fan group will know him as Steve Diddy. Which will we, we go with, Stephen? We go with Steve Diddy or Stephen O'Brien? Uh, we go with Steve Diddy. We're in the playoffs, so I'm feeling <laughs> about it. Let's go Steve Diddy. Go, go with the AKA Steve Diddy then. And uh, <laughs> Obviously, you're involved with the, the UK Packers fan group, a group that I'm, as a Packers fan, uh, very interested in. I check it out a lot, and there's great stuff on Twitter. There's always great fun going on, and I'm sure there'll be stuff going on with you in the UK <laughs> Cowboys fan group this week. There's always banter between the, the UK groups yeah. as, as these come up, and particularly in the playoff time, uh, perfect time to do it. The game obviously coming up in Lambeau Field this week. Uh, the Packers 8-0 at home, the Cowboys 8-0 on the road, kind of. Who, who will crack in this one? I'm sure you're hoping that, uh, like myself, the Cowboys are the ones to crack on the road. Yeah, you have to be less biased, though, I think. I yeah. think uh, I'll have the Aaron Rodgers pyjamas on today. <laughs> um, yeah, it's look, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, an awful lot of the Packers fans on Twitter that we see are saying, oh, geez, we have it, you know, it's no problem. But, you know, it will be a test. But at the end of the day, I do think the Packers will prevail. Um, the one thing I would put into it is um, the the Cowboys defense this year. A lot of people thought it would be historically bad. I'm going to put on my uh, UK Cowboys fan group. They won the team <laughs> of uh, OTI this year. I'll I'll try and moderate it a bit. And the, this year, their defense has uh, surprised a lot of people a lot better than people predicted. But they haven't played uh, against a lot of good uh, high powered offenses such as the Green Bay Packers. They've also given up a lot of big plays, which is going to be an issue with yards after the catch with the likes of Cobb and Nelson. And they also, uh, I was reading today, that they uh, were second in the league in uh, turnovers created. They had 31 turnovers this year, while the Packers uh, were joint with the, I was surprised that they joint with the New England Patriots for the lowest in the league. They only had 13. So, you know, Rodgers rarely turns the ball over, hasn't turned the ball over in Lambeau Field in over uh, two years. So we're yeah. looking at possibly him not turning it over, then it's going to be a fumble by a wide receiver or one of the running backs hopefully you know Eddie Lessie's usually fairly good at holding on to the ball the one I'd be worried about is James Starks sometimes he carries the ball in motion there that you know he goes with it one-handed a lot but if they don't create turnovers I think the Cowboys are going to have an issue here because that's how their their defense has given up lots of yards but they've got a lot of turnovers to to help kind of nullify that a little bit have you any other key uh, matchups that you're thinking in this obviously we're talking about the running game of the Cowboys was going very well at the start yeah. of the season with DeMarco Murray. I think he had, was it 9 out of 10 games to start the season with over 100 yards. The The Packers' defense in recent weeks has stiffened up a little bit against the run since Clay Matthews went inside linebacker. Much, much improved against the run. This is going to be a test. I think the offensive line off the Cowboys is, you know, has stepped down this game a little bit because we've seen the pressure that was getting to Romo time and time again by the Lions this week. So 
I think uh, a key issue is going to be if the Cowboys or the Packers can stop the run if they do that. They should have a a positive advantage, I think. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, you know, I've been looking at this game and analysing it and stuff like that because you can't... Like, although we're with the UK Packers, we do like to pride ourselves on that. You know, we can look at the tough games and say where we have deficiencies or where we need to step it up, right? So, I mean, this game, what you're looking at, you're looking at two sides that are very close um, and where one side has an advantage... Uh, they also have a disadvantage on the opposite. And what I mean is, like, the Cowboys have the seventh best offense and the Packers have the sixth. So that's pretty close. You can't really call. Uh, with defense, the Cowboys have the 19th and the Packers have the 15th, hmm. uh, which kind of flatters the Packers a bit. But again, like, they're not great grades. You don't want to be in that high uh, defensive ranking, to be honest, because defense wins championships. So, you know, I don't think this game is going to be decided too much on the defensive side it's not going to be like a Seahawks game and I think what it's going to be it's going to be a battle of the offenses but this is why I think the Packers are going to edge it because if you look at the wide receivers and the running backs that both sides have at their disposal um, it's I think it becomes clear enough when you look at the figures of it so Des Bryant is the best wide receiver that's going to tog out on Sunday Uh, he's, he's number two on PFF uh, he's ridiculous when it comes to he's had 16 touchdowns this season uh, he hasn't fumbled the ball at all so he's reliable but you see the thing about Des Bryant is is that he doesn't get an awful lot of yards after the catch right this this is a guy that he runs a route he's if him and Romo are on the same page Romo throws it up and like like a Megatron style wide receiver uh, Des Bryant will go up and get it but that's a problem because if you put pressure on Romo, you see Romo's not that accurate because if you look at their last game against the Lions, uh, Romo, he had seven throws that he wasn't pressured at all, at all, right? And he had seven of those throws that weren't pressured, that just went nowhere. And he had all the time he wanted. He had five seconds at one stage to throw into the end zone, right? Now that one he did complete, which you'd expect if you had five seconds. So, and you might think seven throws, that's not a whole lot, but he only had 31 in the whole game. So you're dealing with one in four of his throws, and they're not under pressure. He just throws away to nothing. So with Des Bryant, what he hopes happens is, is that Des finds himself open and will throw the ball up somewhere for Des to come down and get it. But if you look at the wide receivers, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, their yards after the catch are ridiculous. Yeah, exceptional. Like Jordy Nelson, right? If he's not pirouetting down the sidelines and catching the ball and dropping out to stop the clock, you know, he's catching the ball and he's gaining yards. And it's the same with Randall Cobb. So, Jordy Nelson... So, to put it into perspective, right? Des Bryant had 373 yards after the catch this season. Jordy Nelson had 558, which is just under 200 yards more. Yeah. And Randall Cobb had 603, which is, whatever that is, 240 yards more than Des Bryant. And if you come, I just off the, if you combine the two of them together, you have a 1,000-yard receiver after the catch. Exactly, which is ridiculous, you know? And I mean... But that's that's kind of the point I was making at the start. That's a key issue that the Cowboys have had this season. The other thing was, I'm sure when you seen Terrence Williams' touchdown, uh, was that an yeah. 80-yard touchdown at the, in the first half last week? All I could picture that was if you have Jordy Nelson or Randall Cobb on a, on a slant like that there. It's yeah. going to be the same thing. But I think if you reverse the two... I know it was uh, Detroit to give up that touchdown, but I think if you reverse it around, the Cowboys' defence is going to have similar issues this week. Oh, they will. Because like, Jordy Nelson will cut you up and so will Randall Cobb. Because the problem with the Packers is, for anybody that they're facing is, is that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have to go for the highlight reel play. If you look at his game against the Lions, he had no throws at all over 20 yards. He had five throws uh, 
of 10 yards and he completed all five of them. So he was just dinking and dunking his way yeah. down the field. So that's what he'll do. He'll cut you open on the... Because, I mean, the Packers are famous for their Packers slant. So if they need to get yardage, and as well as that, you have to look at the likes of the running backs in this as well. So Eddie Lacy, uh, for a PFF, they have him as a number three running back. And the Mark, and uh, Murray is down as the fifth running back, right? Now, Murray's yards are 1,845. So he rushes a lot. But he's crap when it comes to receiving yardage, yeah. and his blocking is atrocious, right? So he can't block. Whereas Eddie Lacy, that's where the, that's where the Packers will cut you open as well. So he can, Aaron Rodgers can dink and dunk, but Eddie Lacy has a ridiculous uh, passing grade on PFF, right? He's had nine touchdowns on the year. He has one thousand one hundred forty yards, which is brilliant rushing for a Packers running back. But his grade when it comes to passing on PFF is eight point four. And to put that into perspective, Brian's passing rating is minus zero point one. So there's a lot. A lot of them were short screen passes, but they haven't done that in too much in recent weeks. Prior to that, we've seen kind of after that New Orleans Saints game where he had a f- few big receptions. Uh, they went into a couple of games with a lot of screen passes, which worked exceptionally well. Maybe that's something we'll see come back this week as well, because you know there's still questions up in the air. We haven't even mentioned it yet with uh, Aaron Rodgers' calf injury. Obviously, there doesn't yeah. seem to be any issues regarding whether he'll play or not. It just is how healthy he's going to be. I suppose I'm hoping he's in around 80% because I don't think he's going to be 100%. But I guess they're thinking if they get another week into the playoffs, if they get a win this week, they, they want to give him as much chance to be 100% if they were to go on a run here. And uh, I suppose with short screen passes to Lacey and relying on the running games, the way to go to, to help prevent him having to scramble out of the pocket like he did on that touchdown to Cobb where he, where he went. Yeah, down. that's exactly it. Like, and do you know what? I think that's that's part of the, the beauty that's going to be this game is is that I don't think Rodgers has to do any of that. You know, he doesn't have to. He's not going to be rushed too much. Now, that said, he's going to have uh, Mincy uh, breathing down his throat. Now, Mincy is a is a beast, and he had massive numbers against the Lions in the last game. You know, he had a sack, he had five hurries, and then he had that batted pass for the interception as well. So he, he creates trouble. But if they can contain him, Aaron Rodgers can dink and dunk his way like he did with the Lions, and he's not going to have to do any running whatsoever. And the offensive line for the Packers has been ridiculously improved this year as well. Because no, that's as an understatement. <laughs> no, it has. It's been it's been crazy, and especially Corey Lindsley. I mean, he's came in as a rookie, and he stepped up. He's been unbelievable. They sort of said that maybe his blocking wouldn't be great, and they were worried about him. But he's been phenomenal. Yes, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, he has been fantastic, especially, you know, he came in in that first game against Seattle and there was a lot of questions, but, you know, he had a steep learning curve and he's come in and done fantastically well. Just as we finish up, uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to ask you, for the Cowboys, I'm going to say, for the Cowboys to win this game, what do you think would have to happen? Um, I think what they need to happen is is that they need the Packers' uh, defence to, to fall apart, which it it can be Jekyll and Hyde, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know... They, Thinking I know back to the, the second half against the Atlanta Falcons, if you're looking for a worst-case scenario. Yeah. Exactly, but you see the same thing can happen to to Dallas. But mm. so what I think Dallas need to do is is they need, you know, lads like they need Brian to step up and stop throwing wobblers. They need uh, Williams to have another game because Williams in his last game contributed. Him and Brian contributed for the yards after the catch and added to Roma's numbers and flattered them. Roma had 182 yards after the catch with only two throws, and that was one to Williams on the 76 yeah. yard touchdown. Yeah. And uh, so that, that that accounted for a sorry a hundred yards was the yards after the catch for just on two throws alone. So they need more big plays like that, um, and they you see, and they need uh, Murray to run well, uh, which is going to be tough because 
the Packers have improved immensely on the run defense because the first half of the season they were terrible. Yeah, you know they were they were giving up. Um, let me see if I can find the find stats here. What were they giving up? Yeah, so they were giving up 156 yards rushing per game, 156, which is mental, right? And then the second half of the season, uh, they're only giving up 86.5. So they need Clay Matthews at inside linebacker mm-hmm. to stuff the run. They need Sam Barrington to to get at the run as well. He's he's pretty aggressive. He needs to calm down on the penalties, but if he gets after them. So really, the Cowboys have to have a perfect game because yeah, Aaron Rodgers, thought- he's not going to give up any interceptions. Uh, Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, they always catch the ball. I mean, they're reliable. Uh, Jordy Nelson's had zero fumbles this year. Randall Cobb has only had one. So, And their completion percentage to Randall Cobb is 72.8. Jordy Nelson is 67.1. Both of those are higher than Des Bryant. So the only way that they can win this is big plays to the wide receivers. They need uh, Murray to have an explosive game like he has. But he's beat up as well, so I don't think he will. So I don't know what you think about it all. I think that's what they need to do to win, but I don't think they'll be able to do it. Yeah, it's just the, the one thing, and I can't, I can't figure it out throughout this season. I know they haven't played great teams on the road, but they have bet the Eagles on the road, and they've bet a number of other. They've bet Seattle, obviously, on the road. They've 8-0 no on the road. There's something behind that that uh, just slightly worries me, but you know, I wanted to get you to answer that question because you know there's a lot of people listening, and they'll be saying it's all Packers and all Packers, and Colum likes the Packers, but we're, we're trying to keep it as balanced as we can uh, as we look at the yeah. game. You mentioned that some people tweeting in, obviously, that uh, it's a game that the Packers have in the bag. Well, you can't go into any game, especially in the stage of the playoffs thinking that but at home you would hope that they would do enough to, to get over the line obviously we're gonna as we finish up as well want to give a plug out to both your twitter handle and the the packers uk fan group so you're on twitter i mentioned at the start steed idiots at steed Eddie nfl the uk okay. packers group is at underscore you or at packers underscore uk do you want to yeah. give out some of the details on the site and some more about the the group just as we finish up yeah, uh, so the site is ukpackers.co.uk, and that's run by myself and Ryan Peacock, started the whole deal. Um, so that has dedicated articles. So we'll have a preview article and a post-game review article, and then we have sort of little bits and pieces. Uh, we have Instagram as well, which is going phenomenally well because we just put up memes and bash other teams, right? <laughs> playing. So that, that always works out well. So that's uh, instagram.com forward slash ukpackers. But the main thing, uh, if I could just mention is that the first is, is that we're heading to London for the Super Bowl. So yeah. hopefully the Packers will be in it. If they're not, we're still going to go anyway. And we did it last year, and it was brilliant. So we go to Regent's Park in London and have a game of flag football, which is, I've never felt pain like it in my life, <laughs> right? And it was not, it was non-contact. I don't even know how it happened. <laughs> but you're just, your body doesn't be killing you. It's great crack. So we're going to Regent's Park at about 2 p.m. on Super Bowl Sunday. Then we're going to Bloomsbury Lanes, uh, which has a bowling alley that's free of charge. We're in the VIP because we're bringing so many mad cheese heads. And just to say as well, like we're, we're, we had a Cowboys fan playing flag with us the last time we went over for the Super Bowl, and we didn't hurt him too much. So I'm <laughs> interested in doing it. That isn't the Packers fan. Like it's not soccer. We're not going to bash the head off you and start, you know, stabbing you. So come on down and have a game of flag, and come along to Bloomsbury Lanes after. And then the second thing, if I can mention, is is that. And I've heard people say that they want to go and they're not even a Packers fan. Is that we're going to Lambeau Field uh, later this year. Um, so we've set that up with sports travel tours. Uh, everyone's asked it to go, and but the more thing that they're concerned about is the price. Yeah. And we can't give out the price yet because we don't have the flights, obviously. And the schedule hasn't been released with the dates and stuff like that. So we don't even know what game we're going to go to. Um, but that's something to watch out for. What the package includes is, is that uh, you can cater it. You can go for as long as you like. But we're going to a game. It has the hotel... It has the Packers, the tour of Lambeau, 
uh, you meet a Packers legend, uh, you know, you get to see the enjoyment of the game and all that sort of jazz. And it comes in at around £1,100, um, which is reasonable enough because if you try yeah. to book yourself, it's, it's ridiculous. Like so, and at so far, there's about 60 to 70 people signed up for it. Yeah, it sounds like a, really, a crazy good time. It's I haven't committed yet, and uh, something though. Once the schedule come out, comes out, I think it's something that I'm definitely going to look at. I've been to a couple of games now in the states, but Lambo is a place that you know, really, unless you're in a group like that, it can be hard to get uh, tickets to a game. So, I think that's a phenomenal thing. And obviously, the the Super Bowl event will be great as well. I'm still waiting to see with work how maybe I can swing yeah. that one. But uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff obviously goes on on the Packers fan group page. They're at you or at Packers underscore UK. Even if you're not a, a Packers fan, it's great to get interaction. You'll meet a lot more UK. And Irish fans as well and there's a lot of even international fans like the Overtime Ireland page that you can interact with them there so I definitely recommend checking that out uh, Stephen hopefully we'll be able to get you back on either uh, next week or the week after hopefully we're previewing the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks time for the Green Bay Packers but uh, I'm going to here for a Packers one in this one I'm sure you're going for the same and come Sunday evening uh, we'll be we'll be very very glued to the TV and uh, hopefully it's all good things for the Packers and I guess uh, the thing we'll finish off on last year we talked the temperature was very cold. It was minus 15. Uh, yeah. They went and they played for the last two seasons in the playoffs to go on Colin Kaepernick, who ran past them for, for fun and beat them both times. So at least this year we're not facing Colin Kaepernick. Although it will be cold in Lambeau Field, uh, it's not going to be the same as last year. And thank God we're not facing Colin Kaepernick this time. But That's it. Uh, have a good one this Sunday and we'll talk to you again soon. Same to yourself, mate. Hi, this is Harry Carson, former New York Giant and Pro Football Hall of Famer. You're listening to Overtime Ireland. So DJ, it's good there. We have two Packers uh, fans on talking, and I did try and make it not seem like a, a Packers love fest. Uh, overall, I'd on the kind of moderator segment. We both talked about the Cowboys at the start. We were talking there a lot about the Dallas Cowboys. Seemed like we were more Cowboys fans than Packers fans, but turned around in the end. We tried to stay as balanced as we could, but both going for Packers wins at home this week against the Dallas Cowboys, who are, as I mentioned, eight and zero on the road. DJ, is this one that uh, you could see a surprise in the works? Could you see the Cowboys going on the road after their win against the Lions last week? And you know, there's that contract controversial call still been talked about but do you see them going to Lambeau in the in the freezing cold which has been predicted at the moment low teens being the predicted temperature and the Cowboys lowest temperature they played in this year was against the Chicago Bears at 35 degrees so I think uh, you know we might have a, a cold climate adjustment here to the Cowboys but maybe maybe it won't be as much of a shock to them as uh, some people are predicting but can you see the Cowboys overturning the Packers this weekend? It is possible Colin but I think the pit or the Packers will take advantage of Having home field advantage in this game, Cowboys having to travel to Lambeau, but still Des Bryant and Tony Romo could hook up a number of times and make life very difficult for the Packers' D. Yeah, as we talked about, that was one of the kind of key points we talked about there with Stephen. There is the there is the worry sometimes with the the cornerbacks and out of the Packers that they can tend to fall asleep at times, but hopefully in this one they can stay wide awake. They, they had a, the great game that week that they played. The Patriots, I think, are going to have to have another similar performance this week on both offense and defense to dispatch the Dallas Cowboys. It is going to be a really tough game, not one that I'm taking for granted, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it because when you get to the playoffs at this stage of the season, DJ, you're playing the best teams in the league, and they're there for a reason. So looking forward to this one. It's going to be a tough one. You know, it's make or break at this time of the season, losing, you go home, and uh, hopefully it'll be the Cowboys going home this weekend and not, and not the, the, the Packers, as, as we both predicted there. So... Three, uh, a full house for uh, wins there for the Patriots, a full house for wins for the Packers, so we'll probably see the Baltimore Ravens and the Dallas Cowboys progressing this weekend, but we'll do the last two games ourselves now, DJ, and uh, obviously we have the Panthers are heading up to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. This game, the late Saturday night game in the, in the 
UK. It'll be kicking off at quarter past one in the morning, and uh, one that I'll be staying up for anyway. I'll be getting a full feast of uh, football this weekend. I'll be watching all these games and really looking forward to it. Seattle Legion, all the talk always of the 12th man. They are the reigning Super Bowl champions, of course, and uh, the Panthers are going in after their, their comprehensive <laughs> victory last week. Can Cam Newton play basically the game of his career and get a result here? Because I think that's something that's going to take. I think it's going to take him playing at a level that we really probably haven't seen from him on a consistent basis. He needs to have a really, really good game. Both these teams limiting opponents' offences to low-scoring uh, tallies overall, and uh, I think we'll see probably a low-scoring game here. How, DJ, can you see uh, the Panthers getting a win on the road in this one? Uh, maybe if the Seahawks D and offense don't turn up, Colin, that's the only way I can see a win here for the Panthers. I think I probably alienated a few Panthers fans when <laughs> I tweeted out who was going to play the Seahawks, whether it be the Cowboys or the Packers, and that didn't go down too well with some Panthers fans, but unfortunately for them, I really don't see them getting a win here and I think I'm going to agree with a lot of bookmakers that it could be maybe a two-touchdown victory for the Seahawks. So DJ is always uh, blunt to the point, and uh, with his tweets as well, he doesn't hold anything back. Yeah, usually you'll know from the tweets if it's a, a question that uh, allows both teams to possibly win a game, it's usually me. If some team is definitely going to lose, it's usually coming from DJ's side of the, the Twitter sphere. But uh, I think DJ, I'll play the moderator here. The Panthers, obviously, they played a, a very weak team last week at the quarterback position. I thought uh, for they were behind at half time, so obviously they weren't that much in control, but. A lot of that there was down to the interception of Cam Newton, which gave great field position to the Cardinals, and also then the uh, muff punt return, which uh, allowed them to get a touchdown. But I, I think there's a, a couple of things here that the Panthers can do. They're obviously running the ball quite well with Jonathan Stewart. I think they're going to go for that. They're going to try Cam Newton. I think we'll see a lot of similarities between both offenses, although Russell Wilson, when he escapes the pocket, is much better at throwing on the run. Usually when we see Cam escape the pocket, he just rushes for as many yards as he can pick up on that down. But I, I think overall, DJ... We could see Luke Keekley and uh, Thomas Davis cause some issues for Seattle. They, they, they can really cover well from that linebacker position. They can come up and stop the run as well. So if they can stop Marshawn Lynch uh, early in this game and try and make the Seahawks throw the ball a little bit more, I think it'll be an interesting one. The, the Panthers are unrecognisable from the team they were six weeks ago. They've really gone on a strong run here. Defence has really improved. And I think there is a couple of key areas in which they have an opportunity to win matchups here. But I, just, I, I do agree with you. I think the Seahawks are going to win. But... You know, this is this is one out of the, the four games. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I was going to that question at the end of the show. Who could have an upset? I think there's a potential here for the Panthers to pick the upset. But suppose, DJ, um, I'm not going to sit on the fence any longer. I'm going for a Seattle Seahawks win. And, you know, I went for a, a Packers win. So that's a prediction of the Cowboys or, or the Packers and the Seahawks playing in that their championship round. It's a game that I've been dreading all season, basically, since that first Thursday night football of the season when... The Packers lost up in Seattle to the Seahawks, so maybe it'll come full circle. The two will face off again, and the Packers will get the job done this time. That's what I'm hoping, but we'll get through this weekend first, and then we'll decide. But, you know, a Panthers win here, DJ, and we see the Panthers, if the Packers can pick up the win, we'll see the Panthers travel into Lambeau Field for that divisional round. So lots of scenarios still up in the air. It's going to be, going to be another good match. There's good playoff football this weekend, and this is exactly what you want at this stage of the season. Next game, DJ, the last game of the week to preview. Indianapolis are travelling up to Denver to face the the Broncos, Peyton Manning uh, and his, I don't know what we'll call him, we'll call him the junior Peyton Manning, the man that replaced Peyton Manning down in Indianapolis, the first overall pick a number of years back, Andrew Luck going in to face the old master in Peyton Manning. You know, people are talking to you about Peyton Manning's arm over the last few kind of weeks and months. It has been a topic of conversation ever since he returned his arm strength, but 
they haven't been throwing the ball as much as you know we've seen at the start of the season. Got a good one against Oakland two weeks ago, but I think the Oakland Raiders had their bags packed ready for a vacation at that stage. Uh, do you think the the Broncos are the team, DJ, that you'll be predicting to, to, to face the Patriots in that AFC Championship round? Or can the Colts spring an upset here and uh, get a victory up in Mile High Stadium? Yeah, Colm, I would like to see the Colts get a victory in this game because I think the Patriots would be booking their flights for the Super Bowl if it ends up being the Colts, but I think the Broncos will get the win here. I think being at home, it is a big advantage to the Broncos and I think it's going to be somewhere between a field goal and a touchdown. I don't think there's going to be a major margin of victory in this game. Yeah, I think obviously we've seen the, the Colts dispatch the the Bengals last week. The the secondary and the pass rush, there was no pass rush evident last week at all off the Bengals and that there was evident when defensive coordinator off the Bengals came out and said that Geno Atkins this year was just another guy. Geno Atkins for... Many of you watching the league for a number of years will know that in the last two or three years, obviously he suffered a bad injury last year, but up until that there was one of the best uh, defensive linemen in the NFL, putting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, getting in a lot of sacks. So, you know, there was no pressure obviously coming from the Bengals, and you're going to see DeMarcus Ware this week pushing uh, that offensive line back, and we'll also see Von Miller doing likewise. So there's going to be a lot of pressure there. Uh, the secondary, you know, with Akeem Tlaib and so on, is going to try and match up with the likes of T.Y. Hilton. Reggie Wayne's not at the level he has been, I think, once they lose in the playoffs, as it depends how far they go, I think, as I mentioned on last week's podcast, I think uh, he's likely to be finished up in Indianapolis, probably called the call the career at the end of this year. There, there's a number of things here, DJ. The Colts, I said, going into that Bengals game last week, had no running game. Well, Boom Heron had a, quite a nice game, but a lot of it wasn't actually rushing the ball. I think he had eight catches. Uh, you know, you know, there were short passes, but he took them for quite a considerable number of yards. So that'll be something maybe they'll look at again, and uh, Andrew Luck will have a lot of pressure on his shoulders. You mentioned, DJ, if it is a game that is only between a, a touchdown and a field goal, Andrew Luck's a man that is great at uh, you know them fourth-quarter comebacks, and if you give him any sniff in the fourth quarter, he's going to have a chance at it anyway. So... This is a game, DJ, to all the, you know, as a, as a neutral, I think this one could be a fascinating one because it really, in my opinion, the Broncos haven't been as good as they were at the start of the season and the Colts weren't great in December, but they picked it up last week and had a solid enough performance. So it's, it's going to be a good one. You mentioned there, DJ, the home field advantage of the Broncos, obviously playing at Mile High Stadium. Well, we've gone through the four games. You've picked the four home teams. I've picked the four home teams. Well, I haven't actually picked in this Broncos game yet, so to put a spanner in the works, I'm going to go for the Indianapolis Colts against the Denver Broncos. But when you're going through these games, DJ, you have the four home favourites there. Do you think... I, I, I'd i be very surprised if the four home teams won. We always get a shock in the playoffs. There's always an upset. We nearly had it in that Dallas game, and we did have it in the, the Baltimore Ravens game. So who do you think, DJ, this week could be that team that gets turned over at home? Or are you very confident in the four home teams picking up Ws this weekend and advancing to the next round? Out of all the teams, I think it could be the Broncos that could get turned over, but I think looking at some of the odds being offered by Irish bookmakers, I think I would be backing the Baltimore Ravens plus the points. I don't think they're going to win. I think the Patriots will get the win, but I think it's a seven-point margin at the minute, and I would probably back that just on the off chance that the Ravens keep it within a field goal. Yeah, it's amazing, DJ, that, you know, there seems to be a lot of Patriots fans that have that, that they're a little bit sceptical. They do think the team's going to win, but they 
they're not overly confident all the same, but I think that comes down to the fact that the Ravens are so good in the road. Joe Flacco's gone in there to Foxborough a couple of times and picked up wins, so it's gonna it's gonna be a tough one there for the Patriots. But I think they'll uh, I think they'll get through this test. The main thing is to stop the the pass rush getting to Brady. I think we'll see them trying to run the ball. There'll be a lot of screen passes and so on and so forth. And I think that's the way they'll they'll try and go to it. And you know they might be keeping obviously with Gronk, you've one of the best tight ends in the game, but you also have a very good blocker and uh, Rob Gronkowski likes that physical aspect of it too. So I think you'll see him in there trying to protect Brady on a couple of plays as well I think uh, DJ I just got a tweet here up on the uh, the old Twitter and it's uh, the Patriots are 7-1 and one following a first round by since 2011 their only loss was to the New York Jets in the 2010 playoffs so I think uh, you know you're they're in good position there playing at home and after that bye last week. I, I think more so than the home field advantage the bye week sometimes sometimes it affects teams they have the time off and they kind of just they're they're not in a smooth rhythm when they come out of it, but also like especially for a team like the Packers, who Rogers obviously is you know and and need to get a calf as close to hundred percent as he can. The bye week allows you to freshen up your players. Anyone playing with aches and pains at this stage of the season, there's not a player in the NFL who hasn't played through some kind of injury, so it gives them a little time to to recover. The Patriots and the Packers, and I'm sure the Seahawks did this as well, and the Broncos, I haven't heard too much out of their camps, but the Packers and the Patriots both had a number of off days during uh, the past week over there, you know, kind of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, up until the Sunday games, and it was really down to the fact that they couldn't start a game plan because they didn't know who they were going to be playing with the the other teams facing each other, so those players will be a little bit fresher, and uh, we'll see how that helps them this weekend. DJ, a couple of bits of other news after we've uh, obviously done them predictions. Looks like uh, Mar- Jameis Winston is going to declare for the NFL draft this year. He's one of the, the top quarterback uh, prospects coming out of college. He has had a bit of background trouble with a, a couple of you know run-ins with the law and so on. But uh, it seems his father has come out and made the statement that uh, he's uh, he's going into the NFL draft. So we'll see uh, now in the no- number of weeks there's going to be a lot of players coming out uh, declaring eligib- their eligibility. And uh, it's going to be interesting as we move towards the draft. We'll get a few more people who follow college football uh, like we did last year with the likes of Mike Huggenin from NFL.com went on Chris Trapasso a few weeks ago. He also covers a lot of college football. So we're getting those sort of guys on to, to talk a little bit more about that. The Falcons and Rex Ryan, DJ, they met up. They interviewed. It was a five-hour interview. But Rex uh, left there without a contract as of the time of recording this. He hasn't signed the dotted line. So we'll see if more comes of that. Maybe there'll be uh, more reports coming out by the time you listen to this. If you're listening to this, maybe Saturday before the wildcard games or on Sunday even. So... A lot of these uh, things up in the air. And Ross Tucker's podcast uh, during the week there, they had on Adam Schefter and uh, absolutely fantastic uh, information was being gathered there. And Schefter was giving out lots of, lots of interesting facts about different uh, coaching searches and so on that's going on. And, you know, uh, I'd highly recommend checking out that. That's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I think it was Tuesday's edition. So check that out if you're uh, looking for some podcast stuff to listen to. The New York Giants, DJ, uh, mixed things up. Obviously, Tom Coughlin's coming back for the new season, but they've parted ways with Perry Farewell. That's their defensive coordinator. They're just, uh, you know, the, the announcement that came, and then Tom Coughlin was just and they need to shake up things. They need to improve the defense, and the defense hasn't been great the last few years, and we'll, we'll see how that affects them in the next season. We'll see who gets picked up there as the new DC up there with the Giants. So, suppose, DJ, just before we finish up now, we'll, we're down now, DJ, to eight teams who is your Super Bowl champion? We'll do this each and every week, I suppose, up until the Super Bowl. Who's your Super Bowl champion at this stage of the season? Yeah, Calm, we're going to do it until we eventually have only one option, and that's whoever <laughs> ends up winning the Super Bowl. I'm sure it's probably going to change ten times. Well, it can change ten times, maybe eight times before now and then, if 
our teams continuously fall that we predict. That's true, DJ, and uh, you know maybe each team that we pick it could be the kiss of death for these teams that we we pick this week. Uh, they could be out after the weekend, so it's hard to look past the Seahawks at this point, DJ. And uh, I just I think it's so tough to repeat winning the Super Bowl. That's one thing that I know that shouldn't be taken into account, I suppose. But that's one thing that's leading me off picking the Seahawks. I'm obviously hoping that the the Packers do go on and win it. But from the NFC, you could have the, I think the Panthers, you could rule them out. Looking around the other teams then, I think you have the Patriots and whoever wins that Broncos-Coles game. I I do think that the Patriots have a good chance, DJ, coming from that AFC side of the the draw and making it there. And then I think, you know, you're looking at whoever's in the NFC making it. But I'm I'm still... uh, I'm not going to give a team, actually. I'm going to go with just whoever comes out of the NFC side of it to, to win the Super Bowl. So I'm taking either the Packers, the Cowboys, or the Seahawks after this weekend. That'll be well narrowed down. I just, uh, obviously, I'm going to go with the Packers, and I, I don't want to sit on the fence with anyone else. So the NFC wins the Super Bowl again. Who are you going with? Okay, Colin, since we're going from teams to conferences, <laughs> I'm going with it. I'm now officially hashtag OTAAFC. <laughs> So uh, DJ's obviously on the AFC side, I'm guessing that's the New England Patriots. I'm on the NFC side, it's either going to be the, the Seahawks, I think, or the Packers, and uh, hopefully the Packers. So lots of lots of football to look forward to this weekend. Do be sure and stay tuned to our Twitter feed, it is obviously over t- at Overtime Ireland. I'm going to hopefully DJ play a bit of American football this weekend myself before that Packers game. Uh, there's a team up here in Donegal in the in the northwest of Ireland set up this year, getting the team going, the Donegal Derry Vipers. Anyone interested in uh, going, there's train session this Sunday up in and around the Letterkenny Derry area. For more information, go to at Donegal Derry VIP on Twitter and you'll get all the information there. If you're in the, I don't know how many we have listening here in the Derry area or the Donegal area, be sure and check it out. Uh, I'm looking forward to going up and Hopefully, when we're doing this podcast on Monday, recapping the show, I might have a sore head after drinking during the Packers game, but hopefully my body isn't too sore after getting beat up playing some American football for the first time this weekend. Looking forward to it. So, DJ, as we wrap up the show, we'll be back, as I mentioned, Monday for the recap show. We'll be doing that there, recapping all the action. Hopefully, me and DJ will be in good spirits. If we're not, uh, if it's a one-man show, one of our teams could have been knocked out of the the playoff contention. So, we'll we'll see what happens. We're looking forward to the weekend. And, uh, DJ, I hope you enjoy all the games this weekend. Anything left before we finish up? Yeah, OTI guys, OTI listeners, be sure to tweet in what position you think Colm should try out for with the Donegal Derry Vipers. I'm going with a running back. I think he's small enough in stature to be able to sneak around the field without being spotted. Maybe yeah, possibly, a tight end position, Colm. Possibly the first uh, six foot six running back in the history of the sport, but... Uh... Yeah, I suppose there's always a chance. I don't think I have the elusive speed to to be in that position. We'll see. We'll see what happens going going forward. But uh, this weekend, DJ, obviously you mentioned tweeting in uh, the suggestions. I'm waiting for all the water boy tweets uh, to come in, but hopefully I'm a bit better than that. But uh, we'll be back on Monday. Uh, hope you enjoy the weekend's action. Stay tuned to at Overtime Ireland on Twitter. And until then, thanks for listening. And until then, my name's Colin. And I'm DJ. And until then, have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.